0: Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is now 7:59 a.m. You're listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It's Wednesday, the 26th of July, and um, we've got the weather. We'll, we'll do that for you guys first, um, but we've got a great show and a great conversation for you guys today. Uh, we have with us founder of Simply Destiny, Liza Oliva Perez. Good morning to you. How you feeling?
1: I'm pretty good this morning. Did I get the name right? Yes. All right, cool.
0: They can't see it, but you started laughing when I said that. I was like, (laughs) did a brother say it wrong or something?
1: (laughs) I'm still not used to the second last name yet. Oh,
0: Liza Oliva. All right. Um, So we are happy to have you on the show and learn about um, Simply Destiny. Uh, There's many people as we talked before the mic came on, probably some people out there who are unfamiliar. Uh, You still meet people who don't know about it. We meet people who don't know. Good morning, Roy. I never heard of it. Well, Y'all got to get out of the caves that you live in and learn about a great organization today.
1: Most definitely.
0: Um, And then we'll talk also about the Girls um, Empowerment event that's coming up.
1: Yes. uh,
0: As well, let people know where they can find the link and follow you guys on Facebook, too.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Now, before we get into all that, though, I know what you're thinking. Can we get some of that weather Curtis? Oh, you know what? I'm a, we'll do that for you. The weather's on the screen for you guys to see. Uh now here's the thing about the weather. Actually, let me give you the second part of the weather right there. So, hot and humid conditions today going into Friday. 95 degrees to 105 degrees of the afternoon heat indices all the way through as you guys can see. Clusters of thunderstorms, particularly on Friday it says, some rain may provide for temporary cooling today. Um heat Have your exhaustion. Umbrellas. Right, exactly. Get your umbrella. Young people don't wear it. Don't have umbrellas anymore. Though.
1: No, they have hoodies. <laughs> right?
0: And then it gets soaked and the hair is messed up. Mom, um, heat exhaustion and heat stroke are potential dangers as well. So protect yourself. Now, there's the the forecast. 95 degrees today. as the high. 74 degrees tonight. Uh, tomorrow, 96. Friday, 97. Hot and humid all the way through with the potential for thunderstorms as well. So be aware of that, ladies and gentlemen. Be, be really aware of that. Okay, so um, first of all, the last time I saw you guys was in the 4th of July parade. You guys are marching as a very impressive unit. It was really good to see. Um, Great to see a good community organization out there. How did it feel to be among the people and be representing once again?
1: I love being in the parades, and and I think the thing that we look forward to the most is when Clayton announces us. Because then (laughs) it's like this whole you know big thing it's like this spectacular show right. it's just like yeah um but i mean it's always a good thing to be out there and just be out there with the kids and let them see all the things that they can participate in
0: i noticed something too when i watch the groups yours as well especially the groups that have a have a um a mental health focus or a social related focus i noticed that the young people are always in front right yeah and then the you know the founders and the other people, you guys are in the back, right? Just you're letting them get their shine. I like that. <laughs> because it's very powerful for them. You know, young kids feel good when they're able to lead. It's a it's
1: nobody wants to see me dance. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to see that.
0: Yeah, so they come out and uh, do the dancing it's really cool. And yeah, Clayton does a really good job with that. Yes. He shouts you guys back from way down and now another group. These people I love them. Here they come. <laughs> Simply Destiny.
1: And then the kids just get so excited just to hear them because it's it's their recognition, you right. know, their recognition of of everything that they do in the community.
0: Right. Um Simply Destiny Youth Center. Yes. What is the mission of Simply Destiny?
1: You know, when we first started it was all that we would say is we were suicide prevention. Suicide prevention, but what we realized throughout the years is that there's so much more that goes into mental health. So, you know, in the last few years, we've kind of revamped our mission to just mental health, you know, awareness and working on wellness. That's our big thing this year, because I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, what mental health really encompasses.
0: Uh, I think that they have a very superficial idea of it. They just think that, you know, they're not unpacking it. Exactly. They hear mental health and that's that's enough for them.
1: I one time heard that they, you know, someone didn't want to bring their child to our program because all we talked about was death. And it was like, n- no, it's actually quite the opposite. Right. We talk about life. Right. Because we want these kids to see that there's so much to live for. And, you know, the unpacking part is what we've come to realize. Like, it's not just, oh, mental health means somebody's crazy. They're, you know, schizophrenic yeah all of that goes into it, but the reality is there's so much more. there's you know food scarcity, there's homelessness, there's you know so many different topics um toxic family unity you know there's just so many things that affect our mental health and people you know don't want to talk about those things
0: How to get to that how well, to get how to get to the the part about the 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 they must be crazy you know how did to get to that?
1: I think that's a a stigma and a taboo in in a lot of families. I know my family was one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I can still recall talking about mental health with my mom and her making comments like, you know, that's for crazy people. We're not crazy. Mm. And it was like, I get that, but we are going through some stuff. You know, and this was when my girls were younger. And she was not accepting of it. And it was because she didn't understand what mental health really meant
0: right now you also mentioned that um you know food insecurity and things like that for a lot of people for those who do know um that you know suicide is just you know indeed the worst outcome yes but people and the way that they feel the way that they treat others how they're taking care of their health or how they're not those are so many other indicators and things that can be going on before a person may consider harming themselves yeah. and maybe all of that stuff is not what's seen is that a accurate
1: I would say yeah because there were so many times where I would meet even students in our program that would um tell me they didn't have lights they would tell me they didn't have food um, we had a, a student once who used to sleep on the park bench. So he would come to the program because, <laughs> our, and this has been a long running joke with us, is we always have macaroni and cheese and ramen noodles in the studio because you just never know who needs a hot meal. And it may not be much of a hot meal, but it's something that they might not have that access to. So we had that student who would sleep in the park bench, come in, grab grab a you know bowl of mac and cheese, and... And then be surrounded by people his age and feel somewhere, feel like he was accepted somewhere. Right. Regardless of what he was going through outside.
0: Right. Um, how many of those kids are there in Aurora?
1: <laughs> Lots.
0: A lot more than we think about.
1: A lot more than we think about. I mean, even just the food scarcity part. Think of all the kids that are on school lunches. Right. You know, that's because those families are not meeting income guidelines to say that, hey, you know, I can go out. And and uh, that food scarcity takes me to something that I talk about a lot, and that's uh, clean eating because nobody taught us clean eating when we were growing up. Clean eating. Yes. So, like, veggies, you know. Right. Um, just access to, you know, fruit. right. Things that, you know, some people take for granted that, oh, I, I have a whole bowl of fruit at ho- sitting at home. And, you know, how many times has it gone bad?
0: You're right. <laughs> and you know what? You bring up a very interesting, because now there's a term for it, food deserts. There's a term for it now. Um, where I, I used to live in the city. I used to live on the west side. There was a plethora of fast food joints. But yes. the only grocery store, you, onions. Plums, pears, yeah. You had to go to North Avenue and Cicero. You had to go on a quest yeah. for that.
1: But and think about that though in terms of home life. How many kids are actually getting a home cooked meal with vegetables with fruit as a dessert instead of a piece of cake,
0: fries or something, fries like that, or, right?
1: so, or you know. And then we have so many working parents. So you think about all those things. Think about, about all those children that are going through those situations.
0: Right. Um, now, uh, you guys are located at one, I know the address, 122 West Downer Place. Yes. That's right. In the yes. Legal Arts Building. Yes. I remember. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I've been a supporter. Thank you. I've been a supporter Thank and a, you. and a fan of, of, of the mission, you know, so with are sharing you guys' this stuff or just shouting you out. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm big supporter of what you guys it. do. Yep. Um, I do want to, I do want to ask about some of the. Uh, we're going to talk about social media, though, too. Kind of at the, you know, latter part of this, too. Um, but I kind of want to stick with the parents and the household situation. So, a lot of times, our parents, um, especially if they are parents who are from immigrant families, a lot of times our parents. May not have been even given the fig leaf of thought about health, other than just your body, right? So, so mental, health, you know, something being wrong with you is somebody else's kid. That that's what happens in that family. I call that,
1: it the "not my kid syndrome." The
0: "not my kid syndrome," right? Um, and I'm curious. It seems like our parents were taught just to get by, no matter what you get. You know, you, we need to eat or pay the mortgage or the rent or whatever the case may be. And years and years and years and years and generations and generations of that, your grandma telling your mom now she's doing what she was, right? It seems like, and I'm just guessing here, it seems like years and years of that is like, right, you're cutting through the onion and you're trying so hard. It's, I feel like that's probably the biggest factor in the community aspect of mental health and not talking about things. What do you think?
1: Oh, I could say so much about that, but what I'm going to say right now is that my son, and this is why I think so many people have a problem with the younger generation, because my son was the one to call me out on my BS and say, mom, that's, that's not reality. That's, that's your reality. That's not my reality. And it took a moment to sit there and think, like, he's right. Times have changed. Look at everything that, I mean, we think uh, mass shootings are normal. You know, how do we not think that our kids are going to have mental health challenges from, from having to constantly live in a world where they're surviving? They're not thriving, they're surviving.
0: Right, right.
1: You could combine that with you know, what we were just talking about, food scarcity. There's so many families here that are immigrant families that have no access to anything because most of them are undocumented. So those children that are here are also going through their challenges as well. You know, like, um, <clears throat> I, I put a post up the other day. One of the things that I, uh, I do every year is I try to make sure that our, our kids have school supplies. And I don't have to do it. And I've had a lot of people say, you guys do too much. You, you should tone it down a little bit. Oh. And it's like, I do these things because I know what it was like to grow up in a family where I didn't have access to stuff. Right. Because like you said, this past couple of years, I've been going through my own healing journey, but I came from a toxic family and I love my mom just as much as my brother loves my mom. But the reality is there were things that she taught us that weren't right. You know, there were things that, like you said, she probably learned from her mom. Right. And then I learned from her. And then now dealing with my son and my daughter who will say, That's not how life is, it's like they're right. We we need to break those cycles, which I'm big on. We need to break those cycles. And one of the things that I remember was, you know, my mom never asked for help. She was the type of person that would I'll find a way to get it done. Right. That was my mentality for a long time. I will find a way to get, even if I was stressed, crying, whatever, I would find a way on my own instead of asking for help. Right. And nowadays there are so many places that offer resources, but families won't go ask for help.
0: Cause they don't want to be seen in the waiting room. They don't want it. Right. That's why.
1: And they don't want to put their, they don't want to jeopardize, you know, especially undocumented families. They mm-hmm. don't want to jeopardize any situations for themselves I had a mom in the group who had a special needs son and said she never asked for help because she didn't want to be put on some like timeline where people would have access to her information. Right. 18 years. Right. She never asked for help. Right. And it's like, but the resources are there. And I, and I, so for me, that's one of the things that, you know, Marty and I always talk about is like teaching the kids, that's what mental health is asking for help mm-hmm. doesn't mean we're crazy it just means we're going through a challenge or a difficult time and we need some help
0: are there um, are there steps being t- well with, besides organizations like yourself and the work that you guys are doing what are you seeing are you seeing it get better is the needle moving in any way are we having I know that you guys have many success stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but in overall, and what we're talking about, do you see the needle moving in a positive direction?
1: Honestly, I feel like I see so. you know, the big thing on the rise right now is the fentanyl. Like right. you've seen so many kids die from fentanyl poisoning or alcohol or whatever. And I feel like that's what, what, you know, kind of brings me back to the mental health part is like, what do kids do when they need to cope? Drugs and alcohol. Self-medicate. Self-medicate. And, you know, for all these people out here saying, oh, it's the new generations," We're not giving them the skills to learn how to manage their emotions. Right. We're not giving them the skills to be able to work through some of their... Look at domestic violence. What is that? It's an escalation of a miscommunication. And most people, you know, women that are going through domestic violence, they... Don't want to ask for help. Right. You know, so I feel like a lot of times, you know, children are feeling like, oh, if I ask for help, then I'm a burden to my family. So what do we do? We don't ask.
0: Right. Um, I wonder also in the in the context of everything that we're talking about um, with with the big mental health issue, I see a lot more focus from large organizations that seem to be trying to make connections at the local level. Like uh I'm thinking of like Rush Copley, for example, I see now so many programs that are available and they put on there, no cost and things like that. And that's a good chunk of the news that we share. Um, I see a lot more bigger organizations trying to make that grassroots level stuff. You go to, the, you know, Prisco center, you go to these little events now, And they got a booth there. I think the problem has become so big. Yeah. It's affecting families that they can't say that anymore. Now it is their kids. It's it's affecting so many families that now the big dogs had to say, like, okay, wait a minute. No fee for the services. We got to address this issue. Because that used to also be an issue, too.
1: It is an issue. And I I think there are still many people that kind of undermined it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, look around you. You know, um, we're seeing so many kids die at a young age. Right. And that should not be an acceptable thing. Right. You know, whether it's gang violence, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's suicide, there's so many things. And And the thing that gets me every time, and, you know, my brother and I have had this conversation often. When my daughter passed, I struggled to put how she died in her obituary. So what I have noticed throughout the last 13 years is when parent doesn't want to say how their child died, they say, passed away suddenly. That's what the newspaper will always tell you. Mm -hmm. That's like indicative of there's more to the story. Right. So now every time I see an obituary for a, a child and I see that, I feel like the need is still there. Until we can talk about what's really going on in our communities and our children, this problem's gonna continue.
0: Right. Uh the time is um eight seventeen AM. Uh good morning. Cindy Morales is here. Good morning to you, Cindy. Uh Dora Sanchez Soto is here. Good morning to you as well. Michael Rayford, Luz Elna, Brambila, Sue Withrow, so many great people here this morning. Uh we're having a and Valeria, who is on vacation in Espana.
1: Oh must be nice.
0: Yeah. It is nice. She put the pictures on Facebook. Oh. Paella, all that. <laughs> um I um in my in my life I've known three people who or excuse me four people who've um who've passed away due to suicide. Um two of them were in my high school years. Uh the other two um, one purposely relapsed uh, off drugs and alcohol. And the other young man, um, he unfortunately took his life. He'd gotten divorced um, and took his life. And when I look at each of them and their stories, all of them were from different nationalities. All of them were in different points of their life with having a high. Right. A high Mm -hmm. moment, like a good positive moment. Um, None of them were indigent or extremely poor. And with the exception of the one gentleman I was talking about, he was the only one with drugs as the issue. So the whole thing, there is no template. No, there's no template for that. And that to me makes it serious.
1: That's when I started talking about the not my child syndrome, because a lot of parents think, you know, oh, I provide for my child. I do this. I do that. You know, um, my child's fine. But I think sometimes us, even as parents, we think like. You know. There's just so much that goes on. We think we have it handled and and I can personally say I didn't have it handled. Like, I was going through some stuff of my own, like you said. Um, There were traumatic events that took place. When a child is constantly witnessing all of that, seeing, you know, traumatic events, seeing violence in the homes, seeing food scarcity, like, there's so many, like, you're right, there's no cutout situation. Everybody's going to go through something different. But the more that we can give our children tools to learn how to cope through those things, they're going to be better off. But if a a child learns that they're just supposed to, this is something that, and I've said this from my own childhood, is um, I can recall a time that I fell and my mom's thing, would she would tell us to be quiet until we were done crying. Now, what does that do to a child If you're constantly being told to be quiet, to not cry, to not do all these things, then eventually you shut out those emotions. Right. They don't go away. You still feel those things, but you just learn to kind of block them out. Right. And then eventually you're going through traumatic events. You're going through life challenges. You're going through boyfriends and girlfriends. You're Mm -hmm. going through relationships, grief isn't just death. Grief is so many things, right? It's relationships. It's, it's life. It's everything. And so when our children don't have those tools, then how do they navigate those challenges?
0: Um, how are you able to cope? Um, if, I you wasn't know, if you went to for a long change. time.
1: Right. <laughs> I, I can say that for a long time it was, it was hard and, you know, I actually had a conversation with a friend the other day and I said, thank you for loving me when I wasn't lovable. Because there were times in my life where I was angry, I was going through things and I didn't know how to express what I was feeling in those moments and get through it. And in those times you can lash out at people that probably don't deserve it.
0: Right. Um, plus the the entire grief process is, it's unique. Oh Yeah to the individual um it's entirely unique to the individual um i do think that for the youth and because aurora is big yes um you know four counties of area um i do think that the closer you are to some to the closer you are to resources the the more apt you'll be to perhaps use them or definitely know about them and hear about them and everything. Uh, So I'm curious, do you meet young people from places other than Aurora that, or maybe some of our surrounding areas who come seeking help?
1: So in Simply Destiny, yes, we have met kids from as far as Plano, Yorkville, uh, West Chicago, Downers Grove and Chicago I am also a teacher in Chicago public schools. Okay. So I also see it there too. And um, that's, I guess, one of the ways that I, like, I, I know this isn't just here. I know this isn't just a few isolated incidents. Mm-hmm. This is everywhere. And like I said, the reality is there are lots of children who, you know, have Like you said, every different situation you can think of under the sun. You know, they may be at a home where it's a single parent. They may be in a blended family situation. They may be in a situation where there's no food. There is so many, like, the list is endless. Right. But the reality is they're all struggling.
0: Does it give you any sense? And I'm going to, you know, I work for the Neighbor Project. So families who are you know we we deal with families in many different stages of their own journey some of them have kids some some people have kids and some don't does it give you at all though a sense of you're able cuz you're able to see it you can identify it right
1: i've gotten pretty good <laughs>
0: you can you can identify it by the behavior by the the disposition of the okay right we you can see it now is that helpful do you
1: yeah, for me it is. So, okay. like, and I'll give you an example. Like, I did summer school. Um, I, I subbed for summer school. And I was doing attendance, and a student walks in 10 minutes late. And I didn't really think anything of it. But she sat down with this face on her. And I was like, something's wrong. So I went over, and I said, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. All right. Left her alone. I said, are you sure? Because you, you look kind of sad. Right. Oh, it's because I saw this and, you know, it kind of bothered me. and But I'm okay. All right. We go to lunch. All of a sudden, I turn around. This girl's bawling her eyes out like tears. Mm-hmm. Her eyes are bloodshot red now at this point. And I'm like, what happened? I thought you were okay. And she's like, oh, you know, this and that's going on. Had a full conversation with her. And by the end of the day, she was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But I could tell just by her body language, by her her mannerisms, that something else was going on. And the the one thing that I've learned through my own healing is that there's always an underlying issue. So oh, like yeah. We, we could come in, and I could be crying and tell you, oh, it's because I saw this, that, and the other. But there's really something else going on. Right. And so, you know, I kept trying to talk to her throughout the day but I don't normally like you know work with this student because she's not my grade level but I I, it really just resonates to what I was trying to say and that's that you know now I can pick up on certain because I look at you know kids Mm -hmm. will walk in and then I'll be like what's wrong right what happened nothing no you're not your normal self today
0: (laughs) right exactly
1: you know there's always something else that like I said, they don't want to talk about, and that's understandable, but that's why we need to teach our, 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 children, these, you know, tools and tips and resources. And if you can't talk to me and this is, I tell this to my own kids. If you can't talk to me, who can you go talk to? Right. Because you need a person in your life that you can, go. it could be an aunt it could be a counselor it could be anybody, but you got to find someone that you can go talk to.
0: You do. Um. And not only that for young people, uh and parents perhaps more so is that you should also pray that if you're not the person your kids are talking to, that it it should be a counselor or somebody because there are many people out there with a terrible message who would love mm-hmm. to talk to your kids with an idle mind. And that's how so many kids end up um I'm thinking of the Kane County juvenile yeah. Justice Center now. You know, it is just unfortunately there are kids in there in the system from 13 on up. Um,
1: I mean, look at the movie The Sound of Freedom right now, Human Trafficking. How many girls need somebody to talk to mm-hmm. and then they're being groomed online and they don't even realize it?
0: Um, and I, I wanted to ask, too, um, music saved my life. Yes, that I want to. Um, I want to detail, uh, but I'm going to do something new. I'm going to serve that up. We'll be right back with the music. Save my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna. I'm going to talk about those commercials, the the book club, and then the budgeting okay. workshop that we have real quick. Uh, so we're going to go to a brief commercial until I get a button. <laughs> There's really no easy way to do it, you know, (laughs) so uh, the time is 828 a.m. Good morning, everyone. Karen Caputo, Stephen Hendry, Tracy Duran, Natalie from Talented 10 says, hey, Liza, good morning (laughs) to you as well. Eleanor Fernandez as well. Good morning. Lou says sometimes we don't accept there is a problem. Very true. And Emily says, they're always welcome at Zen Loft. I have microwaveable quinoa bowls and fruit and free yoga and meditation videos they can watch if I'm not available to teach. They can work in the shop on commission and make things to sell. I'd be honored to support you guys. Aww. Thank you very much for that, Emily. Um Okay, ladies and gentlemen, a uh, couple of very important things to, uh, to talk about to you guys in detail to you, and we're going to start um, with this great back-to-school event um, that's going on and coming up. So this is going to be this Saturday at the Prisco Center. As you can see on your screen, it's a free event uh, and open to the public. This is presented by the African American Health Coalition and Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um Frisco Center, 150 West Illinois Avenue from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. this Saturday. Free farmer's market produce, backpacks, school supplies, back-to-school resources, and a whole lot more. Um, It's also going to be a $5 and under pop-up shop um, there. So all of the um, organizations or businesses that you see on the side there on the left bottom are going to be having items for $5 and under, cash only, ladies and gentlemen, cash only. Next is a free home, or excuse me, first-time homebuyer seminar taking place this evening at 6 p.m. at Everlasting Word Church, right up the street from where we are right now, 22 North Highland on the west side. Are you interested in buying your first home? This seminar, presented by The Neighbor Project and many great sponsors, will provide you with all of the information you need. Spanish-speaking counselors will also be there as well. This event is free and open to the public. The QR code is right there for you to register, but... I'll tell you a little secret. If you just show up there and say that you heard about it on Good Morning Aurora, you will be welcomed. They'll be like, what?
1: (laughs) You want some water? We got you.
0: We got you. Uh, So there is your um, home bike seminar. And the next thing that I want to tell you guys about is the uh, budgeting workshop. This is presented by the City of Aurora's Power Women Group. Now, the Power Group is an acronym which escapes me at the moment, Uh, but it's going to be August 14th from noon to 1 p.m. at 77 South Broadway. That's the huge City of Aurora department building. Um, at Benton and Broadway. And budgeting is just one of the great topics that'll be discussed. And this is presented by the Power Women Group at, at the uh, City of Aurora and the Aurora FEC, the Financial Empowerment Center. Learn about ways that you and your family can reduce your debt, increase your savings, and the potential uh, for home ownership for you as well. Time is 8 31 a.m. You're listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And our guest is. We'll also CBS Chicago Change Maker, but we'll get to that next too. We'll get to that too. Uh, our guest is Liza Oliva Perez with us, founder of Simply Destiny on the show. All right. So, music saved my life. Um, please explain. Day. Please explain.
1: So, growing up in our household, you know, like I said, there were a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I remember the most was Saturday mornings. She would make us get up at the crack of dawn and she would put the music full blast and we would like clean the house and, you know, do errands and just all this different stuff. But music was always a staple in our lives. And that was something we carried on. And, you know, um, I like I used to like to sing when I was like in junior high, used to try and be in the choir and Marty was a choreographer. So um, <laughs> so music was always, like, a part of who we were, like, as far back as I can remember. And And the biggest thing that, you know, that was important for that phrase was that when you think about music, think about, you know, if you're in a really bad time, you could find music to support how you feel and kind of just feel what you're feeling. Right. Same thing if you're happy. Mm. Same thing if you're mad. There's music that literally, you know, and um, recently we went to Tennessee, my husband and I, and um, my mom would make us listen to everything. Like, and I mean everything. And we went to Tennessee and I was like, I saw the Patsy Cline Museum. And I was in heaven, and he's like, who's Patsy Cline? And I was like, you've never heard Patsy (laughs) Cline? Like, I was offended. And I was like, you know, when I think about it, music was our go-to. You know, if you were going through something, music was the go-to. And so we went to the Patsy Cline Museum, and... The whole way home. That's all we listened to because then he kind of got hooked on her. And last year for my birthday, he brought me a Patsy Klein impersonator. Oh, it was the best thing ever. But what it, what it brings us back to is that music is literally like a lifesaver. And you know, you can use music for exercise. You can music. You have music for meditation. So music really is a universal language it of is. how we feel.
0: It is. Um, it's important, though, too, as you mentioned about the music that you, the, the music you're listening to and the frame of mind you may be in and what you're seeking for, or what you're searching for. Um, I, I don't listen to certain music anymore. I don't listen to certain music anymore. Uh, you know, as with everybody on earth, you know, um, certain parts of my life weren't the best. And I know what I was listening to at that time. Yeah. And um and I'm thinking about like just rap and hip hop and all kinds of different stuff like that. I don't consume it anymore. There, there, there's not. There's. It's. It's. It's because it has a lot to do with and what we're talking about too. Your mentality.
1: Yes. Mindset.
0: Your mindset. All of that. Um. I don't consume it anymore, and it's interesting. My son just turned 11. I'm now that parent, and I get it. There will be no <laughs> little Dirk. <laughs> There's right. none of that there is none of that because you understand mentality you understand what you what you feed yourself and what you see is what comes out of you is what you produce can so, be
1: so it's i and I say this even in my classroom I tell my kids all the time words have power absolutely and so the biggest thing is like I have a twenty year old at home and I have my granddaughter who's about to be fifteen. And the biggest thing is that I I let them listen, but then I tell them, listen to what you're listening to. Right. Listen to the lyrics of what you're listening to. And how does that signify who you are in your life? Absolutely. And I'm the same. There's certain music now that I just don't. It's just, I I can't do it. No
0: 14-year-old should be listening to EZE. Well, mean, I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's the thing. It's just (laughs) like.
1: When you think about it, though, you know, we had one time somebody say something about the music that we, you know, even play in the studio. Huh. And I thought to myself, one, the kids are listening to a lot worse. True. And two, we really need to try and understand why they're listening to that music. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, you know, do they feel that defines their life? Do they feel that that's who they want to personify right like because if that's the case then there's some work to do
0: right then there's an issue absolutely right yeah
1: so music essentially can save your life right and then when you take the whole other side of it it's you know they there's statistics and you know literature on it about how music is important right so that is one of the reasons that you know we would always say hashtag music saved my life
0: um what are what have you noticed? Uh Tracy Duran is here. Good morning. Anna Maria Barbu and um uh Julia Lindbergh, good morning to you. What are the ways that children are using to harm themselves?
1: Oh, the list is endless. And I and again, it takes us back to the not my child syndrome. There's because a primacy
0: of, of drug now too, yeah. There's drugs,
1: yeah. there's this whole thing that lately with fentanyl. Um, you know, there's obviously cutting. Um, there, there's so much, but I think the, the biggest thing is a lot of people don't realize even the small things like overeating. Mm. I'm an emotional eater. I don't, I don't do drugs. I don't drink, you know, occasionally I'll have a drink here and there, but Mm -hmm. I am not a drinker. I don't do drugs, but I am an emotional eater. And I can say that a lot of people think like, Oh, that, how could that harm you? down the road when your health is not sure. the best right. you're going to be like wow right i was i did this to myself because i wasn't i wasn't in the best state of mind during some of those times in my life and what did i resort to i resorted to food so y- you can look at it however you want but the reality is there are ways out there that we're harming ourselves and not even realizing it
0: uh you also you mentioned you talked about something happening in your household that is that really piqued my curiosity. Josue Pais, good morning. Um, you said that your mom would wake you up <laughs> and your siblings and, and make you clean and do chores. Yes. Perhaps a Saturday or Sunday morning. And she would blare the music. How loud would she play the music?
1: Oh, it was loud. That's very
0: interesting because that happens in... Black families,
1: too. Saturday morning, it was blaring her Tejano music. <laughs> and, um, you know, we would get up and we'd clean and we'd do all the things that we were supposed to do to kind of like prepare us for the week. Because usually on Sundays was like her day off, essentially. So Saturday mornings, you know, early. And um, one thing I remember from my childhood was we always grew up in a three-apartment building. So, like, we're as far back as I can remember, most of the places that we lived at, there would be three apartments, and it would be, like, my mom in one apartment, my aunt in another apartment, and my uncle in another apartment. That's how... I don't know how they did that. Talking
0: about Chicago Brownstone style.
1: Almost, but here in Aurora. Okay, okay. And she would put the music on, and you would think, like, my uncles would probably be like, oh, here she goes, you know? But, no, I mean, it was... it was literally a staple in our life. Music was never a bad thing.
0: I bring that up because the same thing happens <laughs> in African American households, and I and I, and I am purposely trying to. I'm purposely threading this needle because I just like I said when we were ten minutes into the show. I believe and it's not just African American and Latino families though, too. I believe that our cultural Isms are responsible for our issues. They have a big part. They have a big part to play in it. They have a yes. big part to play in it. Yes. Because the same thing was happening in my house. The same exact thing. You, 8 o'clock, get up. Yeah. You do the lawn.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: mop the floor. Major chores. And Whitney Houston is blaring. <laughs> blaring, right? George Clinton is just blaring. And I do the same thing I do the same thing. now. I get yes. my son up. I make him clean, and I just turn up Tribe Called Quest or whatever.
1: <laughs> well, we listen to like everything—Little John and Wu Tang—in my house, but <laughs> but <laughs> it's a new and, and day Spanish age, music right? too. But <laughs> the reality is, like, like I'm in the kitchen cooking. Mm-hmm. My husband will be like cleaning out his his little man cave and whatever, yeah. whatever it is that we're doing. There's music playing. Yeah, and and. It's just always a remembrance I guess of of like those things, but yeah, there's definitely music in my house,
0: yeah, my dad just passed away so uh I uh I'm going through this thing and I haven't got out of it yet. I'm going through this thing where I'm like, man because um you know I uh life when you look at it maybe it's maybe the whole thing isn't toxic, but there's just toxic moments oh yes. Right. Maybe and you know, maybe it's not a war. It's just a series of battles. But they could be catastrophic. And I look back, right, at certain things, and this has kind of helped me deal with my grief, right? I look back at certain my parents were divorced. Um it wasn't like a nice or easy divorce, I guess they never are, right? Yeah. But I look back on it now and I think about all the things that I don't do that my parents used to do or say to me that used to upset me, so I just don't do that anymore. And now I think I'm like, man, you know what? they were doing the best they could, just being two young people with probably their own issues that were underlined, and who the hell knew I mean, what was their story right? what you know, my parents were thirty when they had me, yeah everybody can think about where their mindset was when they were thirty. Did you have kids or did you not? Did you have your grip on the whole parenting thing or did you not? So it's like, yo, when you think about it, it's like, that's what makes me feel a little bit better about, like, what I'm doing in life now. Because I'm like, man, I get it, you know.
1: I'm sorry for your loss, first of all. But I, I really, yes, that, that hit home for me, too, because I, I think back to my mom. And this is something, you know, I'm in therapy. I won't deny that. Um, I literally realized now that my mom was doing the best that she could. Yep. And there was a long time that I kind of resented a lot of the things she did, but now I look back and I think to myself like she didn't know any other way. Absolutely. She didn't her mom passed when she was 9. So how can I sit here and think she had all the answers when in reality she was a child raising herself? Right. And so now when I look at it, I think like yeah, we went through hell. But the reality is it was I I can't honestly say it was intentional Yeah. because she was doing the best that she could. Yeah. And now with my son, kind of like what you were talking about, the expectations, you know, my son right now is, is 20 years old and he's like expecting life to be perfect. And I'm like,
0: homie, you got a long way to go. <laughs> right. You know, I, and you'll um, never get the perfection part. You I, might just get the turned,
1: <laughs> I just turned 50 this year and I barely feel like life's coming together. Right. So, no, like life isn't, is is not, you know, you're. They have these expectations of by thirty, you're supposed to have a house and a family and this and that. And it's like that's part of the toxic problem too, because we have these expectations that kids are supposed to meet these quotas.
0: That okay, hold on. What time is it? It's 844, Perfect. That's that's a segue because I did want to talk about um as I mentioned, I did kind of want to talk about influences and social media is one of them. But you brought up a great point. Uh, that was another thing too. If you look at the movies, right. That was American culture.
1: Yeah.
0: If you weren't, ladies, if you weren't married by 30, or I don't know what, what were you doing? You failed. You don't have a house, kids, 2.5 garage with the white picket fence. And are you even a woman? That right. was the whole ideology of typical American life being in, pushed in for Hispanic so
1: families. They'll ask a girl if she does not have kids by a certain age, like, don't you plan on getting married? Don't you plan on having kids? And it's like, why does that have to be who we are right. as a woman?
0: It's like, damn, I got a college degree. Yeah. Did you notice that? You like, know? yo, yeah. No, I. I, uh, the, the story of life for everybody is not easy but one of the problems that we're having is that everybody thinks it's just happening you know it's only raining on them and it's totally not and all of these things are compounding the issue hold on tracy duran says something interesting she says my mom used to do the same thing blasting her music mostly neil diamond and air supply
1: <laughs> i <laughs> air used supply. to listen to them too <laughs> shout out air Supply, Old Town. <laughs> Um
0: and we deep clean everything including dusting the baseboards with pledge
1: yes Oh, my God. And she took it back
0: with Pledge, though. <laughs> pledge.
1: My mom had this shelf of, of what they call tchotchkes. Yes. And everything had to go back into its particular place after it was cleaned off. Yep.
0: You, you take them off. Oh, my you God. You take them off. You and clean it to, down. And then you clean the things and you put and them back.
1: Put them back. And if they weren't perfect, oh, Jesus.
0: Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> um. Daniel called the wrong. Good morning, brother. He says. Monday through Friday, we usually do homework and then go outside to the street light turn on around 7 and the weekend, stay in the house and clean, and yes, music. See?
1: Music saved my life. Good brother, man.
0: He He understands. And Dora Sanchez Soto says, I think our cultures are difficult. Our culturisms are difficult when your family is uniting cultures. We were the first from Aurora to, excuse me, the first from Mexico to settle in Aurora in 1969. We also blared our music and had to watch cartoons with our shoes on. (laughs) I can relate. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Everybody has it, man. Everybody has those. um, Everybody's got that, man. Um, Okay. Now, here's the thing. We got time for this. Is social media helping or exacerbating the issues, in your opinion?
1: My personal opinion is it is not meant for children. Hmm. And when I say that, I don't mean children under the age of 10. I say children in general. And if you ask a doctor for the definition of a child, it's anyone under the age of 25, actually. Hmm. And when I think of Instagram, all these models that portray themselves with these bodies that are made, And you have these young girls looking at these women like I don't fit that criteria and feeling unworthy and not enough, then we have a problem. And when you have all this social media, like you said, portraying this lifestyle of what life is supposed to be like or that you can become this overnight success on YouTube or TikTok and all these children thinking you know, this is what I want my life to be and then not making it. All we do is set our, our children up for disappointment and failures and failures. Isn't a bad thing. Cause I tell my son this all the time. You have to fail in life in order to succeed, mm-hmm. but we want them to strive for something that's real, that's attainable, you know? And if they fall back, they, they're going to pick themselves up and, and, Start over. But the reality is like what you see on social media is not real. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of times you'll see even like on TikTok, you'll see videos of people crying and you'll look through the comments and people are bashing them because they're being genuine about what they're going through. And I'm like, but that's just it. On social media, we see the good stuff. We don't see the bad stuff. You, you know, I can post all day about the studio, about the kids, about everything, but I'm not going to post when I'm having a, a breakdown. Right. I'm not going to post when I'm in my room crying and I haven't gotten out of bed in two days because I, I don't want anybody to know that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the mentality almost. Like, I want everybody to see my good stuff. I want everybody to see that life is grand. Right. But life isn't always grand.
0: And if you keep trying to put on that show like it is, you will do yourself more harm than anything. Because once the facade crumbles, it's going to crumble on you. You know, when you're living in the house made of nothing and it crumbles, you're the guy in the living room. It's going to fall on you. And and that's something else, too, going back to the self-esteem issue. And the reason, and well, not the reason, but the self esteem issue, and sometimes the lack thereof, which keeps compounding these issues for young people, making them uh, try to chase, you know,
1: unrealistic,
0: unrealistic realities. And it's like when all of that crashes, then harming myself could potentially be a a solution, or that,
1: and and you know. S- well, I'll talk about that when we get to the girls' conference, but that's has to do with my theme this year.
0: Okay, talk about the girls' conference. We there now. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this all episode. That's kind of weird, though. Like you, you end it and I pick it up.
1: <laughs> we do good here. So a part of my biggest thing this year with the you know every year I do kind of like a theme. So this year or this is last year's shirt, and it says, "I'm just here to adjust her crown." Oh, I like that. And the reason is because sometimes we don't realize that we need people in our lives to kind of direct us and guide us. I've had a life coach. I've had a spiritual coach. I've had lots of coaches in the last couple of years, but because I needed that direction. And so this year's theme coincides with last year's, but it's also about your tribe and about your self-worth. Because I think a lot of times we set ourselves up to think that we're not good enough. And going back to culture, culture, I grew up in a abusive toxic home. I took a lot of the abuse from my mom so that my brothers wouldn't have to deal with it. Um, but the biggest thing was cause I was the oldest. Um, the biggest thing that I realized throughout the years was it, it definitely impacted my self worth mm-hmm. because for many years I always felt like I just wasn't good enough. I wasn't, you know, just enough in general, for a lot of things. And so now this year, that's my theme for this year's self-worth because I feel like there's so many girls out there that just are lacking that that relationship with dads, um, that are lacking that relationship with, you know some type of positive role model in their life. When you think about black and brown communities, how many people can you like think off the top of your head that are true role models that kids can reach out to and and kind of observe?
0: Well, I can think of I can think of a, a good number, but I, I get what you're saying. I think a, a, a larger issue, though, with it, too, is that they're not they're not put forward. You yeah. know that, you know, that baseball card is not sitting in the window.
1: You exactly. know, that's kind
0: of one of the reasons Good Morning Roar existed. I was hearing all these great stories. But what? who are you? Dan Barrero? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how am so, I just hearing about
1: this? So that's what I do in the girls conference. I bring them in. So we're going to have, I want to say it's like five or six speakers. Right. They're going to come in. They're going to talk about different things. Hygiene. They're going to talk about self-worth. They're going to talk about their trials and tribulations of what they encountered in life and how they got past them. And that's what I want them to see is not Instagram. Not TikTok, not Facebook. I want them to see real people in a real world that can show them like I was where you were and I got past that. And and also just incorporate that feeling of worth. Right. Because I can honestly say growing up, that was something I lacked. Right. And so now I'm at a point where it's like that's been my biggest mission that I've been I've been doing the girls' conference, I I don't know, five, six years now. Um that has been the premise behind it, is I don't want any girl to feel that they are not worthy.
0: Right. No, I, I think that's, I totally applaud that. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And I think a lot of it has to do with who we surround ourselves with, the music that we listen to. Yes, very you true. You know, like the the mindset. There's so many different things that affect us as a person. And if we're not putting ourselves in those positive situations and those positive people in that positive music, then what are we doing?
0: Norma Peterson, good morning. Michael Rafer says, may I volunteer for that event?
1: It's girls only, sorry. Right. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we don't got a womp-womp button, but we'll scratch it up. for you, right? um,
1: I've been wanting to do a boys one. My brother especially wants to do a boys one, but we'd have to find enough people to kind of step up and take charge.
0: Okay. Well, I like to volunteer. Well, we could chop we can chop that up. That'll okay. be another time. <laughs> <laughs> uh times 854. Yes. It feels good to It feels good to be able to look back on one's life and be able to see ah that's it was projection. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's what it was. You know, my you know, yeah. just like I I see it all now with clairvoyance. And it, it and I, I try to use it every single day to make me a better person, a better parent, and a more effective individual, especially in my job. Because I see it now. Um, you know, when I was young, I remember my grandmother didn't have heat many times. And so the oven being open and getting heat out of there. Oh, yeah. That, right? I blew I mean, it up on myself one time. You know, that's, that's <laughs> nothing. Um, having sugar. And water and lemons, but not money for lemonade. So making sugar water with lemon. I mean, that's right. Who's not doing that? And you look at so many things now. Tortillas with butter. <laughs> exactly. We didn't have no food. Yep. It was
1: tortillas and butter. <laughs>
0: and in my household, like I, th- it was, you know, we had the normal level of toxicity. I can remember certain things. But when my parents divorced, like i I see now, like it really broke my dad and he became a jerk. Um, more than dads already are. Like dads are supposed to be jerks a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, for my mom, I think for her, and I look at it now, especially with, you know, and I'm a big proponent of that, women shouldn't be in relationships that are just not beneficial for it, which I don't know if it was that deep. But I think for my mom, and my family's real religious, I think for her, the impetus to just want to, you know, divorce or break up out of a relationship was probably that gut-wrenching feeling that didn't make it feel good anyway. You know that, what I'm saying? That's like, like
1: a whole other conversation there. Exactly.
0: There was no, what was the when? There was no win. You know what I'm saying? Because life now as a single mom.
1: I was just going to say with that. Two
0: kids, there was no win. You know Single what I'm saying? Single mom,
1: two kids. Now she has to provide for the entire family. Exactly. Be stressed out.
0: Right. And I remember me like because I wasn't trying to hear it no more from two parents. Yeah. My reaction was just just say f both of them and all of it, and just I just stopped going home after a while, and that was like kind of the beginning. But the what I'm looking at now from the my thirty thousand vantage point feet is like that's what it was. For me, it was just saying, like, you know what? Then fine then. Like I'll I got it myself. Like I don't need to you know, I don't need to be dealing with that. That's
1: the thing is then we get to a point where we're almost like that shutdown, it's exactly. like, Okay, I don't wanna deal with that anymore because it's just too much. Right. So now I'm gonna just fend for myself. Exactly. And then what happens is when another situation comes up, how do you ask for that help that we were talking about?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And it's a compounding of issues. That's what I learned from Lieutenant Travis Hooker of the Elgin PD. It's a compounding of issues. He's just talking about People that he sees with mental health issues going in and out of j- it's a compounding it's a, of issues. It's a,
1: it's a circle. Very, it's a, psych- exactly. a cycle. I mean, it's literally like, you know, the divorce, and then they think they they can do it by themselves, and then it's this, and then it's that, and then maybe they break off a relationship, and then it's it's just a cycle, and it's like, when does it become enough? Yeah, and I, when I remember do we say I need help,
0: and I remember one day, and I'll never forget that. It, I remember the day my mom. I, and I was like in sixth grade, I think. I think so. My parents hadn't been my parents divorced in like fifth grade, so maybe it was like sixth or seventh grade or something like that. It was middle school. Um, and I remember my mom came home and she lost her job. Oh, yeah. And we're gonna go to a camera because I'm not gonna let these people see me cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. And I remember being young, right? And I didn't have a job. But I remember like when she started crying, I started crying because I knew I was smart enough to know at least that like I got the oh shit moment. You feel me? I yeah. got I got the moment. I I understood that it's her egg now and she's got to carry that and she's got like I understood it.
1: But then think about that what you just said Now, think of every child in Aurora that when their parent goes through a divorce, parent goes through losing a job, parent goes through whatever it is that they're going through. Now, they feel almost that responsibility of, like, how do I help? How do I take care of this? You know, and then, you know, as parents, your mom losing a job, she probably cried it out and then she's like okay now i gotta suck it up and move on
0: yeah that was it because we didn't lose that house exactly so i don't know how to help right
1: so now that kid is stuck with those emotions because they don't know how to process those emotions at that age
0: right yeah and um now i so and now in the work that i do with neighbor like i
1: it's your purpose
0: your life comes full circle
1: it's your purpose now
0: i'm sitting here in this office with this lady who's crying yeah and it's like no i get it lady i get it more than you (laughs) you know we we may not you know we may have a translator here right because i don't speak spanish good and but the story is the exact same and i get it i get it uh the time is nine o'clock oh wow Dang. well well, before we
1: end (laughs) i'm like before we end I have Yikes. seventeen tickets left <laughs> for the? my girls' conference. All right, hold
0: on. Let's bring the camera back on. <laughs> Dang, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, how uh, many tickets? That hour went by fast. It did go by fast. Holy cow! Uh, tickets. You got seventeen, 17 tickets, tickets okay. left.
1: Because my goal was, and this has been my goal for a while, I've been wanting to have a room with at least a hundred people in it, and I put up a hundred ticket sales, and I have seventeen left.
0: All right. Okay. Um, and Come they join can, me. Yes. Eventbrite. Yes. Simply Destiny.
1: Girls, I Am Empowerment.
0: Girls, I Am Empowerment. Now, it's uh it's also on your Facebook page. Yes. So everybody can go like and follow the Facebook page for Simply Destiny Youth Center. Uh, I got to say shout out to Martin Luna.
1: Yes. Shout out,
0: Marty. Good brother. Good man. He's always doing many great things. Yes. Uh, always a good, a positive force in the uh, community. Okay. Well, this was... uh.
1: Interesting. This was an interesting (laughs)
0: conversation. It really was. Um you know, the show ends on a positive note. Um, what is your message today for the uh people of Aurora before you come back for a part two and three and four and five?
1: The one thing I tell the kids all the time is you never know what the person next to you is going through. So be kind. Like just showing these kids that there's hope out there and and to not give up. Because I'm pretty sure there was as many times I could have gave up, but I kept going, and Marty kept me going. But the reality is there's hope and there's help. You just got to ask for it.
0: Amen to that. Karen Hoffman Fontana, good morning to you as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you guys have a blessed day, a positive day, and I hope that you guys can really, uh, really take something from today's conversation. It was absolutely wonderful. Please follow Simply Destiny on Facebook. Uh, And Instagram, as a matter of fact, check them out everywhere, and uh, get ready for the I Am Empowered conference. Yes, Uh, coming very uh, very soon,
1: August sixth.
0: August sixth. Get your tickets. Seventeen left. Take care of yourself and each other.